0: nobody knows what you are i was concerned about going out into the world and doing
1: something bigger than myself until someone smarter than myself made me realize there is nothing bigger than myself if you don't believe nobody else is gonna believe to get something you never had you have to do something you never did all right three two one yes 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 ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another special episode with your boy, Shamaki from Inspire. Um, And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, We have a special guest that goes by the name of Anissa Ismail, who is now living in Abu Dhabi. Um, As Well, I mean, to be fair, I always struggle with intros because I don't know the best way to introduce yourself. So I would like to give you the floor now. (laughs) <laughs> to introduce yourself in a way that'll do a lot better than mine do
0: you know what's crazy sorry hi everyone um hi everyone listening to the podcast i don't know how to introduce myself either like this that's not thanks for having me um you... in-
1: intros intros are a very interesting one
0: yeah because it's like what do you say like you know hi so i'm anisa i am at 30 i'm 32 i forgot how old i was for a second Thirty-two from London, but for the last yeah thirteen years, for the last thirteen years, I've been living in Abu Dhabi, which is in the UAE. It's not Dubai; Um, it's the capital city. And um, initially, when I came out here, I came out here to teach and to work in. um, I've worked in a few different establishments as a teacher, and then in twenty seventeen, I had the bright idea of like becoming my own boss and I thought it would be an easy journey but it hasn't been but alhamdulillah um so I started this business Absolutely. where I it's called the Unplugged Initiative and I work with kids mm-hmm. who are eight years and under and are suffering from screen addiction so they struggle with um, managing their usage of their devices and can sometimes go overboard and so what I do is I come in create healthy spaces and healthy programs and educate parents and their nannies on how to um, have how their children can have a healthy relationship with the devices so yeah that's what i do
1: yeah no that sounds that sounds absolutely amazing and um we will definitely be getting into more uh later on in the episode because i really want to know about um kids and especially their how they are with this new level of technology which is getting crazier. and crazy about it, yeah. Um, and kind of seeing how their, you know, initial reactions are to it, and how much they can actually be, you know, overwhelmed by these things. But first, I kind of wanted to know a bit more about you, um, a bit more about your background as well, because this is a podcast that we kind of like looking mm-hmm. to like reading, um, a lot. And I just kind of wanted to know, growing up, if there was a book or any books that like kind of interested you. Oh, absolutely. You are you know, I think one of
0: the biggest things One of the biggest, um, one of the best things that my mom really did for us was she was very big on sending us to the library. And she was like, I'm going to get you guys a library card and you're spending your Sundays at the library. And I think um, um, growing up, I, I absolutely like if I could dive into a book and finish it, I would. Um, but I was a very big Roald Dahl fan, um, funnily enough. Like one of my favorite books was always Matilda. And like, as an yeah, adult classic. right now, sometimes I will just kind of go back and like we did <laughs> just because there was, I think the thing that Roald Dahl as an author really did when I was younger for me was like explain things in a way where you kind of went with the story. And in my head, it was this thing. And then obviously when the movies came out, it was like, well, that's not how I imagined it, but I'll take it, you know? So, I was really big, um, avid reader. Yeah, yeah, There's
1: yeah.
0: Of, there is a couple of books,
1: and I'll say it even now. When you said like you can look back on on Matilda, uh, would you say it's a very fond memory? Yes. Like, do you read that as like a comfort yeah, book, absolutely. or it's the comfort even book, the movies? Comfort
0: movie tomorrow actually is random. Think about Abu Dhabi that I love the most is like it really we have so many things happening, but um, randomly <laughs> they're doing a show tomorrow on uh it's, it's the matilda show but it's like a um musical so i was like i definitely want to go check it out it's matilda um yeah it, okay like yeah, i love yeah, to yeah. kind of go back into a lot of those books as much time and plus like because i work with young kids and um i really want them to be yeah. reading a lot of the times i do get them into like the books that i used yeah. to read growing up like i'll take them to the bookstore and we'll have a look at some of the stuff that i used to read and um whatever's available,
1: you know, which is, yeah. you know, which is good for them. Yeah, no, no absolutely. Um, and then one thing that I read as well in your book, which I suggest everyone get um, whether you have children or not really, to be fair, it's called How Electronics Stole Childhood. Um, and it's really insightful in terms of how our relationship is with technology. Um, And then the way when I was reading as well, I was kind of looking at it from my perspective of like, I I think as a kid personally, I would be finished if I was exposed to the amount of technology we are or we have now. The fact that like YouTube is in the palm of my hands, um, the fact that like I could watch any cartoons whenever I want on demand and I feel like breaking out of that would be very very like challenging for me personally because i'm just i'm addicted to it now as an adult so i don't know how i would be even like as a kid but um in the beginning of the book you spoke about how you moved to abu dhabi to basically become a teacher and one thing that fascinated me in it was the the quick turnaround in in you leaving which you said like within like five days how is that for you, like, to yeah. just, like, just leave essentially everything that you were comfortable with and then just decide yeah, to pack up and go? Yeah, you know what it
0: go. is? It's, it's crazy because sometimes I look back at that those moments and I'll be like, I don't, I don't know a 20-year-old that would do that. Like, my younger sister now is 23, but had she told me three years ago that she was just planning to move to another country, I would have looked at her like she's crazy, yeah. you know? But in that moment, I was, like, in yeah. my second year of uni and... Yeah. I think I was kind of stuck on the fact that I know what I want. Like I know that I wanted to really impact lives of young children. I knew I knew I wanted something on that, like on that level. And I just felt like the UK, I don't know if you can relate a little bit now, but the UK yeah. at that time for me was just really bad energy. It was really bad vibes. It was you know, just mundane. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. To be fair, it's still very bad vibes, bad vibes. <laughs> See,
0: so like, it doesn't, it hadn't changed. And the thing that I was really blessed with, and I didn't really mention this, Um, but the thing I was really blessed with, and I didn't mention it in the book was the fact that, uh, alhamdulillah, my mom was very big on, on, on us like seeing the world. So whenever she could, she'd always be like, you know, we're going to go here for holiday, we're going to go here. So like, I had experienced life outside of London. I knew there was more outside of London. So it was like to think, you're going to go to uni and then you're going to get a job and then you're going to get married and you're going to stay here. And then it just, it was scary. So the only way I could see maybe challenging the state, and at that time, in that that season, all of my friends were like getting married. So I was like, oh wait, (laughs) am I going to be next? Like It was just a season of like that. So I was like, you know what? The only way... I, like, break the status quo is it <laughs> is, like, if I can convince my family that I'm just going to go for a year, yeah. you know? And initially, they were like, no. But because it happened so quick, I got the job. I, had, I did the interview. I got the job offer. They sent the flight. Because it happened so quick, it didn't give them room to be like, yeah, no, yeah, no. And so, like, I think I focused a lot on the move, but I didn't think... About the impact you yeah, yeah, yeah. have, right? So it was like, I'm only going for a year. I'll be back, guys. I'll see you soon. Blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, yeah. tell, didn't really be back. It's just, I think, years. Ago.
1: Oh, initially, was it just for like a year? Yeah,
0: I was supposed to just go for a year. <laughs> I was supposed to go for a year, finish my uni online, and then come back.
1: Oh, damn.
0: And then life happens, and I ended up getting a really great job offer um that i couldn't refuse and it was just kind of like circumstances like no actually i'm gonna stay and at that point my family had come to visit and they'd come to see and they were like oh it's it's not so bad (laughs) it's it's all right we can we can do this you know
1: so i had a i had a follow-up question um The follow-up question was kind of like i feel like a lot of people now especially with how the uk is going which is down the drain um are losing a lot of patience with this place you know and um different people have checked out you know going into the the teaching field in you know either in the in the uae or qatar like these other places in the middle east and it's kind of a like how difficult would you say it is to kind of get into that or the process of like moving there and setting up
0: Uh, honestly i always say because i I get loads of like DMs and stuff messages and stuff people asking me like where they can apply and what they know how to do it but i think um the biggest thing i always say is like it's not impossible like it's not as hard you think the thing that a lot of people find hard to let go of is the comfort of knowing your home the comfort of knowing the UK or Canada or wherever you're from stops you from going anywhere else in the world because the unknown you just don't know you can watch my my you know videos or my channel or whatever and you can see like the way I do it but still you won't know right so I always say it's it's a mindset thing first first you've got to put it in your mind like I want to wholeheartedly try this without any expectations because no two experiences would be the same. Then the second thing is if you're serious about applying for a job for a role, I always say LinkedIn is your biggest tool Um, because the way things work out here, a lot of people don't post on job sites. It's not really job sites that people post, you know, teaching, whatever career you're really looking for. Um, So I highly recommend making use of LinkedIn and going on LinkedIn, creating even like how you represent yourself on LinkedIn. You have to understand the world is now into the Middle East. It's Saudi, it's it's Qatar, the UAE, everybody really wants to come here. So what um, a lot of the companies now are doing because they've reached this status, they want to attract top talent anywhere in the world. So, It's not just enough that, like, you want to come. You have to also kind of put yourself in a position... Yeah, you have to offer something as well. Showcase that they need you. Are you going to add value? Right. You have to be a top talent, because you're in competition (laughs) with the rest of the world. You're in competition with somebody who wants a job here from, you know, any part of the world. So it's like, it's not just the fact that you're from the UK that's going to be of benefit. The world has woken up now to the Middle East. So it's like, everybody wants to come. So... I always say, make sure your mind is in the right place. LinkedIn, create an amazing profile and um, showcase your assets. Showcase what it is that you are going to bring. Think five years ahead. What do they need five years from now that you have the skill set for right now that you could provide? You know, and these type of things. And then when you go on LinkedIn, connect with key people in HR for the companies. Like what I would do is, for example, if I want to work for. Let's say AdNoc, which is the Abu Dhabi national oil company, right? They're the most, the, the, probably one of the best companies to work for, right? I would go onto LinkedIn, type in ad employees, look at what employees are working in AdNoc that are in HR, and then shoot them messages. Be like, hey, I'm so and so. This is my skill set. This is what I can provide. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, and like make these connections. And it's not as easy as it was like for me. Six, yeah, nine, yeah. Five days that was in 2011 now it's like you know things have
1: changed yeah it's now same, of course especially you know? now it's become like a proper so. before it was kind of like oh maybe but now it's like a lot of people are actively trying to to move out you know it's like pro- the climate is proper changed you've got
0: celebrities You've got celebrities. yeah right there's like
1: celebrities.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here? yeah yeah that's yeah. crazy yeah we're like normal come out here. yeah wait
1: what
0: what, this was always here yeah always
1: and there. and also so then to kind of follow up on that the lifestyle there has it changed since like 2011
0: oh my god so much so like the thing about Abu Dhabi <laughs> the thing about Abu Dhabi is like it's so different to Dubai I think a lot of people just assume that Dubai and Abu Dhabi is the same thing it really it's so different I not explain it um more than- such a different place but the thing that i think that's happened is with abu dhabi it's gradually just kind of grown and matured as a city it is the capital city of the uae it does obviously home to like you know so many amazing things but it's grown and i think that the last 10 11 12 years i've I've grown with it i mean there's new residential areas and new islands and new this but it's been gradual it hasn't just been like oh this this, this, this. And it's been intentional. Abu Dhabi is very, very, very big on like being family orientated, being a city that attracts, you know, like I said, top talent and being a city that attracts, you know, high, really like high in demand and high stakes of events and things. It's not just touristy and like, you just want to come and take a pic. No, it's like, like for last week, we just had the NBA, you know, preseason games and I was like, like they attract like next week we've got the ufc, UFC yeah. matches happening so much but it's not just anything it's like want abu dhabi to be um this prestigious luxurious um destination yeah. and they've i think they've succeeded yeah, no no of course like it means a lot to be able to live in a yeah no like no nah,
1: nah, 100% know? i mean i think I, i've been to both i've been to dubai and abu dhabi my uncle lives in abu dhabi and um and you could kind of tell there's... Even the the feeling of the two cities is very different. It's a lot calmer in Abu Dhabi and it's a lot more hectic in Dubai. And, like, it's just very touristy-orientated, you know? Whereas, like, Abu Dhabi is the place where, like, okay, now you want to live here, that's where you'd kind of settle, I think. Which is amazing, to be fair, because...
0: What did you think of it when you came to Abu Dhabi? To be
1: Dubai? fair, it was a while back. Uh, it was, like, literally, like, 10 years ago. Um. So... At the time, I was like, oh, so I, I wouldn't say I've seen the crazy changes that you might have seen, but I could sense the big difference between the two places. Um, it definitely felt a lot more, like, livable in Abu Dhabi yeah. than it did <clears throat> in Dubai, because Dubai was just a very manic time, you know?
0: Um, But yeah, no, I've into so many, like, UK people or Londoners in Dubai, That I don't see when I go home. Like it's such a manic. See, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Dubai is beautiful. It really is, and it has its charm, and it has its thing. But Abu Dhabi is just. I have so much love for Abu Dhabi.
1: And uh, obviously, we we love to see an independent go getter, of course, living abroad. Um. When you first kind of moved there, like, sort of alone, how was that for you? Yeah. Like, to to get your, like, touch points to know where is the grocery place, oh, where this was... is, where that is. Was there, like, any, like, sort of, like, nerves kind of living alone, or were you just here for it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I come from a big family. Like, my mum's my house was always just loud, manic, I've got so many siblings. And it was, like, the, the change of, like, craziness and then silence. It was a lot for me just to kind of process. But um, language, well, like my parents, mashallah, alhamdulillah, they speak Arabic um, because my parents used to work and live in Saudi before they'd moved to different parts of the world. And then, I mean, it's just, it was the language barrier for me was like a bit of a struggle because I was like, no like when I say no one spoke, spoke English, was like you barely find people speaking English it was like I was like what did I do like first two months I was like what what did I do but then i stick it out like just stick it out stay here stick it out um the thing that I I actually struggled more with was um uh people's perception of me um because it was like my aunts and my um you know, people in the UK were like, "Oh, you know," saying to my mom, "Like, oh, you sent your daughter away, and she's like not married, and oh, yeah, there was all of that. Who's gonna marry her now that she's abroad? And like, you know, she's tarnishing her. It was all of that. It was like, like, it was a lot. And my mom was like, bless her, fielding them away. She's like, oh, let her, let her figure it out. No, how can you trust her? Like, anything can happen to her. And it was crazy because like." fast forward, let's say five to six years later, it was like their daughters all of a sudden wanted to like move to the UAE and like move to, to and work here. And it was like people can <laughs> ask her how my daughter yeah,
1: yeah, 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 literally, literally about
0: me. Like all of a sudden, want me to help your child? Yeah. yeah so it was, yeah, it was yeah, an interesting yeah. uh, answer your question. It was difficult adjusting but i think more than anything else i think um it made me just become like stronger in my in my entrusting in and having to work in allah and understanding that you know people will say they have your back or people say they protect you or they'll be there for you but when you are sleeping in, a, in an apartment by yourself the only like the only hope you have or the, like protection you really have is Allah, so I'm like it really just strengthened more than anything else so i, I gotta I gotta look at No, mashallah that that's beautiful
1: yeah. because that's how it would be because you're literally in a world by yourself in a country by yourself in in a city by yourself in an apartment by yourself that's <laughs> it's it's like a wild thought to to kind of to kind of think of right no family no family yeah yeah. yeah <laughs> um and now to kind of like touch more on the book um because I found the book so fascinating I can't lie um I wanted to first kind of know um so for those of you that don't know what the book is essentially about I kind of touched up on it in the beginning but I'll give a quick little um synopsis I'll say what how like I interpreted it and then I would love to hear how you've kind of how you'd interpret it as well um so the book is uh, extremely insightful um in just how much technology is affecting the younger generations um especially as well if you have kids um this would be a big recommendation for you to actually get because there are like exercises as well in the book to like kind of go through over with your kids or, or yourself um and it's about the possibilities the wide possibilities um of the internet and the effects that it can have on on young children, especially in those early ages where they're just young and they're playful and they want to run around and, and do crazy things. Um, but when there's like a massive bit of like stimulation coming from this screen in their hands, it's kind of like how do you navigate between that? That's kind of how I would describe it. But I would love to hear like how you break it down as well
0: mommy you described it really well mashallah um yeah i think when i set out to like write the book at first i was like i didn't really want to come across too preachy i didn't want to be you have to do this i think it's i think knowledge when someone reads a book i want them to gain knowledge and knowledge is always best when it's broken down and this is where my teacher hat comes in because um bite-sized information is the best way to take it in and remember and like you said there are like moments in the book where i stop and there's like questions that you can answer and little thought moments that i i kind of uh because i'm the type when i'm reading a book i'll have like some notes to write about it especially when it's a self-help type of book Um, but essentially it was that it was breaking down the effects that have on young children um i call it the good the bad the ugly um because I always get the odd, well, you know, my kids need to know how to use devices because, you know, the technology is going to be more advanced in the future. Fine. That's completely fine. But what's more important, especially for a young child under the age of eight years old, is that they understand um, the, the regulations around using their devices. And if that's not, then that's something I think as a society, we just expect them to know because it came to us and we figured it out. The difference is we weren't born into it. We weren't born into a space where the, on the iPad, that like you said, is easily accessible. Um, so I always say the same way we teach young children how to brush their teeth, um, eat their vegetables, go to bed on time. None of that stuff they want to do. They don't want to sleep on time. They don't want to have vegetables all day, every day. They don't want to brush. But we have to teach them these. And that's the case with their devices. If you leave them to it, They're going to want to just be, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Right. But the minute you take it away, it's like all hell breaks loose. So it's establishing a healthy relationship with their devices because even us as, as adults, we're struggling. Um, And I think if we're struggling and we've already had our childhood and we've already experienced all the things we're supposed to experience for our development, imagine the impact we have on these children 10, 20, 30 years from now. So the book is insightful in that it breaks it down, and it's not just information overload. It's it's practical tool, tools as well. Um, towards the end, where you can actually go and be like, okay, you know what? Let me try this. You know, um, I think in the book, one of the things I talk about is the unplugged zone, um, which is my favorite thing. Uh, and it's just a space, a space home, a space in your environment that the, your child is in. Um, that's completely device-free, and it's just a space where the child can go and be unplugged, and actually just kind of get creative and do things that they want to do, um, and kind of tap into that creative of their, yeah, their brain. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Now that was very well said. I must say, <laughs> um, and I wanted to touch up on um, a part in the book that used what you cool. said in uh, in 2016 was uh, a turbulent year for you (laughs) um where because it was the first time where you kind of didn't want to go back into teaching because of just how much that things have changed with like the kids getting iPads like every child in class getting an iPad and that's something like I can't even think of I, I can't even imagine something like that is it like do they have the ipads and they're meant to learn with it or like what is like how, how are they looking to implement something like that in classrooms because if i was a kid then i had the i had an ipad in class i'm not concentrating I mean, now
0: it's everywhere now it's definitely in the classrooms. Well. so imagine because that definitely <laughs> concentrate do you remember i don't know how old you are because this might really show me but, like, did you ever have, like, in primary school, like, that moment where the teacher would, like, roll in? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Are I'm you?
1: 26. But, like, uh-huh. they would roll in that big TV with, so, like, cassette tapes. Did you tapes. ever
0: have that, like, yeah, so you did, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank God you're not that young. <laughs> So, so, imagine, yeah, how hyped we were in those yeah. moments. That would come in, like, once or twice a yeah. year, yeah? That was already crazy as it was, right? And then now in 2016 well, 2017 that year they were implementing um the ipads being in the classrooms as like a test run now there's devices in every classroom in every school in Abu Dhabi that's just a normal thing now um but what a lot of schools are doing now which is a testament to like the work we're trying to get done over here is like they are introducing um sessions in the classroom where they do talk about uh, digital wellness and utilizing devices in a, in in a good way but that the problem now isn't even the fact that it's in the classroom every child has access to it like most kids here have their own phones by like 6 years or 7 years old um they have iPads from like 2 3 years old like the battle really is like a lot tougher if it's just so accessible. Like in the UK, I don't think there's as much devices at home per child. Whereas here, it's like every child has their own. You'll you'll go to a restaurant, and you'll see like every child with their own little iPad or their own phone, or and it's so young. They're so young, like their little hands can't even like wrap.
1: Something. Yeah, I don't think it's reached that age, that stage yet. Yeah, we're kind of going through like a financial crisis over here.
0: So I, well hopefully it doesn't it doesn't
1: happen right <laughs> here we're, we're thinking that, about food
0: and <laughs> toilet paper yeah we're not thinking about that here there's just 15 is sold out like <laughs> it's no problem but i wanted yeah. to know
1: more like so. in depth of it kind of like is it yeah. like how do they use the ipads is it like sort of connected to the whiteboard or is it like where they play kind of like number games on there or like what like how does it work
0: so like the educators the teachers in the classroom will create um virtual classrooms on the ipad and um and it's connected to the teacher's laptop and teacher's screen so it's like they will be doing classwork whatever but it's all through the ipad um and it's all independent learning and yes it's good in the sense of like okay they get to learn how to code and how to build websites and do all these different things cool what they're supposed to be doing for the future like we call it that future level skills that's fine but the problem is um it isolates children in a way where they're not supposed where they where they miss out on key aspects of learning you can't really do a lot of group work if if you're on the device and it's like there's key things that are missing the eye to eye the attention as well, because kids nowadays can't really focus if there's no device in front of them. A lot of children here, um, we have a we have a huge number, it's like a huge surge now of children who are 10 years and under who've been diagnosed with either autism or ADHD. And it's wild because why are we facing this right now? This is this is problematic. Not even to mention a lot of the issues that we're having with diabetes, a lot of the issues we have young children as young as like four or five years old who have back issues and have to go to the chiropractor. It's because they're hunched over and they're always on their device, and then their body is developing. That's because obviously this is the years of their body developing, but it's developing in a in a way that is affecting their body. So when they have their classroom setups and they have the individualized learning all connected to one system, yeah, it does make a streamlined way of learning. It's not as effective for their development as it should that's, be you know that's
1: actually incredible that's wild to to even think about if i'm honest like uh the fact that all of these like different yeah. problems are occurring sort of around as well at the same time as the technology improves it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like like you said it, it is good in some aspects because of like the whole coding thing and you know integrating towards the future um but then when you look at the side effects as well that it's coming with, um, that's when you just kind of like have to try figure out like sort of the balance. And I kind of wanted to ask you that, Well where would you say is the balance between like technology and kids' access to technology?
0: Yeah. Um, so I always say we have to match their age and stage of development, right? So like, for example, when a child is born um, in the UK, I think they have this... Um, they actually have this in the UK more than they have it here. They've got like this, like, I think it used to be like a red book where the midwife would come and every month she would do like a checkup until they're like one years old. And then she you'd go in and do a checkup every like few months or so. And it's like the reason why the midwife would come and check up on the baby like every month is because per month, there's a different, for every month that they get older, there's a different um Deve- there's development happening for their body that's different every month right so they they grow faster within the first year so in keeping that in mind i always say like for every child's age and stage of development there's a a, a time limit on how much time they should spend on their devices six months and under they shouldn't even be on it they can't even see color properly so infant like i always say one year or another, completely shouldn't have the the devices around they shouldn't have their own... Uh, not even, like, sometimes p- parents will play, like, nursery rhymes and stuff. And I'm like, you, there's there's frequencies in these nursery rhymes that their brain isn't developed to take in. And so, like, I wouldn't even focus on that. Um, but uh, Like, two years and, like, I would say about 12 months to a year. Two years, sorry. I would say um, 15 minutes a day, if that. Because here's the thing. What parents don't want to give their children the device but they do because life has gotten harder and they've got things to do so it's like let me just give them that and they'll be quiet for a bit and I can get this done but that doing that is a detriment yeah so I would say two years and two years and under um so one to two 15 minutes a day um then I would say gradually between 3 and 5, I would say 30 to 45 minutes a day and always in the morning so they have the rest of the day to do what they're doing. Um, and then as they get older, you just, you just kind of match the energy. But if you stick to the time limit um, when they're young and having a short time limit when they're young, you'll see, a lot of parents will see that they don't actually want to be on their devices. They've figured out how to self-play, how to self-soothe, how to do all these different things, how to be bored. I always say kids are not bored anymore. And bored and then there's something in their face i would say embrace the boredom. children should embrace the boredom and, and be okay bored you know um so yeah so those are like my recommendations along with the yeah.
1: but how would you embrace the boredom
0: how would you embrace the boredom oh so like
1: example, it, it sounds like a it, no because it sounds like an interesting thing to even try and embrace uh, mm. i'm
0: bored okay so like for example um if you think about a child's let's say a, a three-year-old right now uh, right. let's say four-year-old right now in the morning they go to nursery or they go to school whatever and then they come back then they have a snack like they're from the moment they wake up to the moment they see everything is panned out everything is like and now you're gonna play <laughs> and now you're gonna learn and now you're gonna eat and now you're gonna so it doesn't leave room for a child to be like well yeah. like i want to do this so it's not it's not hard for yeah. a child to be creative. It's not hard for a child to think about, you know, playing a game or doing something with yeah. very limited resources. We just don't give them the space to do this. So yeah. that's why I say for them. Give them a space, yeah. preferably in the unplugged zone, with very little resources. Yeah. You don't have to figure out what they what they're gonna do. As long as they're safe, as long as they're safe and in a safe environment,
1: yeah.
0: that should be okay. And then you know? um
1: <clears throat> so you're you also breaking out the other ages
0: yeah so at the old so the older they get so like when i say like six between six and eight years old i will say like no more than an hour then it's not about the time that they're spending then it becomes the content that they're taking in right so it's like if they are spending more time what type of content are they watching is it educational is it benefit beneficial for them because Yeah, they could spend, okay, this is the this is YouTube and this is, you know, whatever. I've put parental control on it. But what type of content are they consuming? How much information are they taking in that is beneficial um to their to their learning and to their development? You know? So then you you have to kind of like this is a moment I always say, like if you want your child to learn a different language, um, you can utilize the the device for that. So they are watching something in Spanish or in French or in whatever language that you want them to learn. Um, but yeah, the the older they get, the content management is another thing that I always yeah. say we have to kind of look at uh, as
1: well. That's you know? uh, Firstly, I love, I love the way that you broke it down into years of the age groups, because I feel like that's a really easy way to, to kind of digest it down. I think it's your teacher thing coming in again. Um, but I feel like, because... Um, Let me not hop my friend out, but his nephew is so well versed with technology that it's actually kind of scary. And his English is like pretty good, I would say, like for a kid. I mean, like he's able to articulate himself quite well, whatever have you. But he's still, you can tell he's very, very young. But like when he gets an iPad, it's like he knows where to search. He knows how to type. He knows how to spell. But it's like you would never assume that from from a thing. And it's kind of like in, in in that sense of like just it being the iPad that he's able to do this with when technology grows more and more, how bad do you feel like things could get?
0: I mean, wait, how old is he again?
1: I'll say he's like five. And it's like it's like crazy good. I'll tell you I'll tell you
0: I'll tell you um a case that I had a couple of years ago. Um, I had this younger, this family and the, the dad had called me in and was like, oh, we need, we need your help because his daughter was five, is, was five at the time. And again, like you just described your friend's nephew. She was so yeah. good with the device, with the iPad and her, her dad's phone and she could just whatever. Mm. The dad has a Tesla, right? So behold, she's figured out yeah. that there's a Tesla app on the phone that you start the, the, the it, car with the, yeah. the app and all of that. And she she essentially opened the car with her dad's phone and got in the car.
1: Can you imagine? She got
0: in the car. And thankfully, in the the houses that are out here, we've got, like, the gates. So thankfully, the gate didn't open. She didn't, like, she couldn't... (laughs) She didn't figure out stuff (laughs) yet. She was trying to... When when her dad called her and, like, she was like, I'm just going to McDonald's. I just want to get... An ice cream. So imagine. Yeah. She was like, oh, but it's like this weird dog
1: thing dog. of, it's like they silently know all of these things. Like, like you can't.
0: Um. No, here's what comes into it. We can, we can, you and I can sit here all day and I can tell you 99 things that kids are going to do with devices yeah. that is wild, right? But it always comes to one very simple thing. Kids will never do as mm. we tell them to do they will do yeah. as we show them right so like i can yeah. say get off the phone ten thousand times to a child yeah. i can say get off your ipad but if the parents are are not you know utilizing or not um having a, a healthy relationship with their devices then the yeah. kids are not going to listen right and i can you know what's so interesting um, i'll tell you i'll tell you something like yeah. that's personal to me and i think this has my friends all on out because they're always like, I don't know how you do it. So for me, me being the person that like preaches being unplugged, right? I have a YouTube channel. I have an Instagram account and I'm like posting, right? So I have to it's part of my job it's part of whatever. I have to be out there, right? But my personal yeah, but my personal thing with my phone is the most funniest thing. I don't have data on my phone. So for the last however many years, I've never I don't have data on my phone. That means I don't have, I can't do calls. Yeah. I don't have internet. I don't have on my actual personal phone. I'm connected mm. to like Wi-Fi, my office, my house, whatever. I don't have data on my. I've never wild. had data on my phone. If you try yeah. to reach me, you have to call me, right? That's number one. I don't shop online. Mm. I've never shopped online. I'm not going to purchase anything online.
1: I'm I'll go to out, the stores though.
0: or whatever. I don't have any of my cards <laughs> connected to my phone. <laughs> No, no, because the experience True. of like shopping, walking, it it could be it could be me going to the mall and actually yeah. having that walkabout could probably be the most steps I've done yeah, that day because yeah, I've been yeah. out, um, I've been out on the, at the office all day and yeah. I've been so yeah. I have to go get this outfit. I have to go do this. I have to go grocery shopping. Mm. Go do it right. So it's like these things. And like if I'm out with my friends, I have a very strict rule, and they know it and they hate me for it, but it's whatever. <laughs> We um we can't touch our phone. Yeah. We could take pictures of the food, could take pictures of the place. Yeah. You put your phone down though. You can't be on your phone. When touches yeah. their phone has to pay the whole bill.
1: Fully unplugged, huh? Yeah.
0: So it's like my relationship, my person. Yeah. yeah. So like if I'm gonna talk the talk, yeah, I gotta live it as well. So like I got I've got this relationship with my devices. I'm barely on my devices. I don't have a, you know, TV in my house. I don't. Yeah. There's a lot I don't do. Like I'm wildly unplugged, yeah. but very social, right? But that the thing that I can say I can stand on is if I am talking to young children about being uh, having healthy relationships with their devices, I have to then live that, right? I can't be like, well, you, you know, get off your phone, and I'm like like it doesn't make any sense you know so parents i think at this point um when it comes to digital wellness for, for the children we have a huge responsibility Like parents have a huge responsibility on the shoulder to demonstrate what it looks like yeah. to have a healthy
1: relationship yeah, with no, their device absolutely you know um and
0: I, can't,
1: I think call your Dude, online, I caught Online, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't lie. Online shopping <laughs> is a must. I can't lie that the it's just open up. Like I have an interesting I, I... relationship with 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 tech because I can't lie. I'm kind of all here for it. Um, yeah. I I get I get obviously how much okay. it can be a detriment for kids. I think it's just because of my ignorance to that, and maybe you being around kids more, you've seen the kind of stuff that. it it does but like me only when i saw like my friends and nephew did i think oh wow this could be this is crazy like the like how like he's barely talking but he knows how to like type things away and like he'll be like do you know what this animal is and he'll just like put it in and he'll show me and it's like i'm like how do you even know how to do this right but at the same time i'm i'm all here for to see where technology is kind of going um like I do enjoy Yeah. I do enjoy online shopping for that. Like the ability that Amazon can get me something from somewhere else in like the next day is sensational. And I don't and I hate having I, I personally don't like going to like the mall or shopping or anything okay. like that. Um but to have it delivered to my house but I feel like in, in the longer run, I feel like your way would be better because now there's a lot of these talks on like the um, social media like detox um, where like now people are actively coming off of social media for like maybe a month I actually did as a challenge one time for for a month and it was like a massive improvement on like attention on sleep on like well-being mentally like there's a lot of things that it can actually help with
0: I actually forgot to mention that every year I take a month off. I forgot to mention that, part. yes, that's something that I've... Normally, I take a month
1: off. On top of already not being there.
0: But, so, I take a month off. Um, yeah. Normally, I take it off in mm. Ramadan. This year, though, I didn't because I, I had yeah. some stuff, but I took it off in March. So, that I take like a month off and I'll be like, you know. Yeah. And now, at this point, everybody's just kind of used to it. So, it's like... If you're looking for me, you just gotta call me and I might answer if my phone's on loud. But regardless, like just having a healthy relationship with our devices. And even yes, you are right. Like I am working with kids, so I see it. But like just as a society, like I'll see my friends. We probably haven't caught up in maybe we haven't, we're so busy, we haven't caught up in so long. But everyone just assumes Mm. it's fine because you're posting on social media. Like, oh yeah, no, I saw you post the other day. Oh, how was that? You went through. How was that? That's just a snippet of my life. I've posted,
1: yeah,
0: a one portion of my day. You don't know what could have happened to me, you know. Like, so it's like it it, for me. It's really important that when I am like spending quality time with friends and family, like we are not on our phones, we're not on our devices. We have that moment, and and kids deserve that too. Like, how many times do kids? I mean, I had a child the other day. She was like really upset, and I walked in and. And normally, I have, like, a handshake uh, yeah. thing with my with the kids. I'm always like, yep, we have a handshake. And then the, that day, walked in, and she was like, oh. Miss Anissa, can I have a hug?
1: Damn.
0: She was like, I just want a hug. And I just gave her a hug, and she was like, I just... And she's, like, six, six years old. Yeah, she's six yeah. now. And she was like, I just want a hug. And I felt like, oh, and one thing about yeah. me is I'm overly affectionate with the kids, with my friends. I'm like, but that... T- that physical yeah. touch sorry is like True. missing you can't get that through devices I see my friends and I'm like I'm give you a hug and they'll be standing there like that like they don't want to give me a hug but like because of the fact that you're so conditioned to like space you know spaced out but when that little girl said, I just want to hug it broke my heart because like everyone everyone's hands are occupied mm-hmm. your hands are occupied you can't even reach out and yeah. give uh, six-year-old, a six-year-old, hug. It's, and one thing um,
1: mm. I feel like as well that would be an interesting topic to kind of touch up on because I've seen um, like even Facebook, they've started this thing of like where they've got these head, fo- these head goggles where like if you have a head goggle as well where the AI can like sort of take images from like your up to your chest and then it's like two people are in the same room talking to each other and whatnot, right? And they're looking to expand mm-hmm. that so that eventually like six people can have headphones and are like virtually somewhere. I can see rolling eyes are virtually like in different places and they're all coming together speaking. And um, I kind of find that cool, I'll be honest. And I also feel like the reason why I kind of brought that up is as well, it's kind of like like things like Haber Hotel or like Club Penguin like these like kind of games that were about before on the internet Sorry. it allowed kids maybe with like social anxieties to kind of open up more and to like be themselves maybe if they weren't confident in themselves they could be like okay mm-hmm. online I could yes. be this whole new kind of person mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that like maybe these kind of new things helping mm-hmm. with kids that may have that social anxiety to kind of open up a bit more in the online world or is that very unhealthy
0: i mean yeah no i mean with everything there's a balance right so yes there could be some children who don't feel like they can make friends in real life and you know they can make more friends and have you know relationships and stuff on Uh, friendships and stuff on social on social media or online or through games and stuff but I think essentially if you kind of like strip it back um how how is that them having social anxiety them struggling to kind of communicate and be um create relationships with children of their same age if that's a problem how is you know them creating another personality on social media Mm. or online fixing that problem it's not really fixing anything it's adding more to it, it's it's kind of taking away from like let's solve the issue let's let's look at a different yeah. way but avoid solving the issues kind of like putting a, a bandaid on a bullet hole type of thing, you know, so I would say like if yeah. there's an issue let's fix the issue mm. with things that are tangible, young children need, and like you said the whole thing with Facebook <laughs> virtual thing I'm just like whatever, like you can try everything but nothing can take away from the senses like what you feel the hormones that are yeah. released when you when you get a hug or when you get a you know a physical touch from a loved one or like able to taste something and hear something and like all these things that you experience um with the senses alhamdulillah. that alhamdulillah Allah has blessed us with it it really adds to just the experience for young children right and so how much of that are we cheating them out of that's really the question we have to ask ourselves like what what, yeah. It's not fair that we've experienced no, it. Why would you? I think
1: I, more, you know? I, was, I was more necessarily thinking of the older ones, like, because I know you said in your book that um, around 11 to 13 is when they should get a smartphone. Um, I was thinking, like, maybe sort of like beyond those kind of ages of like maybe the 13, 14, 15, where people have just as much of a social, like, community and engagement online as they do in school it's like they have group chats they have um forums they have like now like people go on streams and all these kind of like it's just as like busy and popular online as it is in person now so it's kind of like it
0: is yeah but then the conversation and then I say that the the conversation is different and and I didn't say they should have smartphones I said they should have a phone that you can call them on a phone (laughs) that doesn't have any type of connection to yeah yeah like a Nokia like an old school Parents call them and text them they should have that yeah not an yeah. actual
1: smartphone where do you think they should have a smartphone then
0: no yeah the smartphone is just when they're old enough to understand how how it can impact their whole life like for example a smartphone especially if you think like now we've got the iPhones and stuff like that 10 years from now how's a smartphone gonna look is it even gonna be a phone is it gonna be a chip is it gonna mm. be we don't even know but it's essentially um the same way we say, like, and I, I know this is wildly extreme, but I, I truly believe that these are the regulations we're going to need to have. The same way that we have to have our driver's license at 18, I think that's the type of like way we have to look at when kids are getting their own phones. It's like there oh. has to be some type of like thing in place where they take this test and they earn the right to have this device <laughs> because this is a gate. Like when we were younger, our parents would be like, "Don't talk to strangers." yeah um like keep to yourself walk on mm. this. the 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 conversations our parents used to have with us about safety was yeah. tangible it was it was our environment it Was whatever yeah. what type of conversation can we have with our children today and that's we're talking about the teenagers having these social circles the conversation isn't should they be in these spaces it's the access that other people can have to them that will endanger them, their safety yeah. and yeah. that is the conversation, right if yeah. this is a forum or like even like a little bit of a situation these days with Snapchat, I don't know if you guys yeah. have this problem in London, but like young kids now have these Snapchats and like uh, Snapchat, uh, they, they'll they Snapchat things to their friends or whatever and like put their locations on for their friends and like mm. things have been happening because of it. And so there you go. There's yeah. that safety. If if my parents told me don't talk to a stranger, why do strangers know where I am at? Why is my location yeah. Open for people to see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just simple things like that. That those conversations that we need to have with young with teenagers because teenagers will be reckless. You've got hormonal teenagers go through puberty <laughs> with access to the world at that same yeah. time. Yeah, it's probably
1: not.
0: yeah. <laughs> it has to be regulated, you
1: know. No, no, it's true. And so. I think the 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 point that you made about like getting like a license almost same way you'd get a driver's license is, is an interesting one because then how would you kind of go about because i mean i think one of my biggest fears is that is the accessibility people have to kids um like there was like a recent Absolutely. incident that happened Absolutely. of like um where a, a girl a teenager going to school got stabbed by this guy that um wanted to like try get her back or it was like it was a very complicated like kind of story but they obviously knew each other and they were like talking back and forth through social media and all this kind of stuff and it's like relationships are being built yeah. under your nose and you're just looking at your kid but they're just on their phone but they could be talking to someone that could potentially take their life and you have no idea about it I think that's yeah. that's like my my no biggest clue. like concern and it's like this, that yeah. the it yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I did. I did hear about that young girl. The girl was defending her friend, or something like defending that. Her it was friend, really tragic, it, yeah, and yeah. I think um, the takeaway from stuff, yeah, and the takeaway of stuff like that again, it goes it really just goes back to digital awareness and and young children, young teenagers actually, um, being aware of like the actual, the actual, the because it's like how do you how do you measure how much to tell them. Right, mm. it's like I know it's a little bit taboo, but it's like at what point do you have a conversation with your child about sex? Right, it's the yeah. same type of thing of like how how much can you tell your child about how dangerous it can be on yeah. being in these spaces without the, the measurements put in place? Because yeah. at, you still there's still a child at the end there. You still kind of want to cover them. You still kind of but then at the same time it's like it's so out of you know parents. Like I had an issue with. um, A sibling, um, uh, one of my clients' sibling, um, he got duped into. He's seventeen, but he was playing video games or something with someone, and he got duped into actual. um, The person asked for their credit card information, and thankfully the banks here are amazing. You can't really do anything without them like being on top of it, which is amazing. But the person tried to take um, about ten thousand dirhams, which. I going to say it's about 3,000 pound around that much um, from the, from the credit card. And it was because it was like, Oh, I'm purchasing something. So send me the, so he, he blindly yeah. sent the credit card information. Now yeah. we would know never to do that. Right. And I know never to like send someone whatever, yeah. but like, where was the conversation, right? Where was the, where was the awareness? Where was the, yeah. the conversation about it all? So, so yeah, it's 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 a bit of a, a bit of a um, mm. hard topic to have, but I'm glad that we're like you know you're giving me a space like this where we can kind of talk about things yeah. like this because it's like it is important because we are at a point in life where yeah. we can't avoid it anymore. COVID came, kind of exposed the lid on it, and if we try to continue to avoiding it, it's only yeah. it's only going to get worse. So. The sooner we understand how important it is to have these conversations with our children, the better it is when it comes to like things happening. And so, our children yeah. feel comfortable enough to come and like have conversations yeah. with us, and be like, yeah, "I don't know what's going on." Because a lot of it situation. is
1: very much unprecedented. So, you know, a lot of it is so, yeah. new technology coming out because no one grew up with this. It's like so, like we're kind of learning about it as it comes out. But as we're learning mm-hmm. about it, the kids are growing up in it. So it's like maybe they'll have like a a completely better understanding, yeah, because it's just no, all new. Just this is just new things that are happening every single time, you know. Like Snapchat is only ten years old. Uh, WhatsApp is like what twelve years old. Like Facebook was is like fourteen. It's like it's it's crazy yeah. to see. Like, yeah,
0: it's still yeah, still it's
1: crazy new. to see like how quick things have changed it's over time. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. Um, but to kind of bring it back to like the children and
0: yeah, it's only gonna and, it's only gonna yeah. Gonna
1: and so to kind of like bring it back to the children, cause yeah. kind of like as things have changed over time, the thing I want to talk about as well was like demand on like, whereas before as a kid, I knew certain times, certain shows would be on. So if I was out playing or whatever it was, I'd be like, okay, like four o'clock, my favorite show is coming on. I have to be back. Yeah. But like now, that as a child, I could be like, okay, I don't have to wait till four o'clock. I could just watch it now, and then the next episode now, and now and now. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you like keep kids away from that, that yeah. m- amount of you know stimulation that they getting?
0: Yeah, I mean that that's a question that a lot of the parents always ask me. They're like, well, what? Yeah, like what do they? What should they watch? What should they not watch? I think the thing about Young children now is like there is a lot, a lot of options um, in terms of the shows that they watch and the the way that these shows are actually being created and being put out is at such a fast pace right now. Like every year, there's like something new, right? Um, But I also when you've got when you've allocated the amount of time that they're spending on what on being on their devices, because that's number one, right? It's like how much time are they spending on their devices? For their age and stage of development, if they if they've got thirty minutes, in those thirty minutes, what can I steer my? Because again, children w- will have access to things, but at the end, they as the adults for for us as adults to come in and really guide it in a, in a way that is yeah. like they think they've chosen it. The child thinks they've chosen it, right? So it's like back then, like mm. you said, when we'd come home, we didn't really have yeah, much yeah. choice. You take this was going on at it. that time, and that was it. You were only going to watch that. But it's yeah. like we, we flip it now. Yes, well, right. So now we flip it because yes, there's a lot of options. But that's better for us as the adults and as the parents to to maneuver and to create um, options yeah. that are beneficial for the child. Like I have a a really good friend of mine, and she, her husband yeah. like really tech. He's just, <laughs> me and him,
1: Clash yeah. it up. We're
0: always kind of like arguing yeah. because he he's for it. But one thing that he, did, he did, yeah, He's like, I don't really understand what you're doing and he said, but whatever. But one thing that I appreciate that he's created for his boys is he, um, him and his friends mm. created this like Netflix thing. I don't even know how, how to explain it, but it's like a, yes, it's like Netflix, but they choose the programs okay. that goes yeah. on this platform. So their kids only know these platform shows and the, and the things on the TV. Oh, so the kids yeah, think yeah, they're yeah, on like yeah. Netflix. They think they're on, like, Disney or whatever. But yeah, technically, it's the incredible. thing that... And so the shows on there yeah. are child-appropriate, age-stage. Right. So that's the yeah. one thing that I was like, you know what? I'll give you this. Right. But, like, stuff like that. So steering your child into watching shows and things that are beneficial. Again, like I said, this is a perfect, yeah. perfect time for them to learn a new language. So if it's something... In- like, these kids, the boys I was telling about, their dad puts on yeah. some stuff for them in Japanese. Yeah. You know, they're Arab, they're Emirati, but Japanese, they're yeah. learning and watching the Japanese. Um, so it's like you can you can really
1: yeah.
0: manoeuvre that and manipulate it in yeah. a way that
1: they are oh, learning absolutely, something. Absolutely. You know? And I kind of wanted to, um, I guess, wrap it up with asking about Kids Unplugged because we thought because I said we would come back for it. And um, I kind of wanted to know a lot more about it because I see you have a whole page for it on Instagram. And... Um, I wanted to know about it, why you started, and kind of like where you see it going.
0: So yeah, so the Unplugged Initiative, it's my little baby. Um, I started it like twenty yeah in twenty seventeen, and um, mm. initially it was kids unplugged, um, and even the name. Everyone's like, "How did you come up with the name?" And the name itself is like my mom. Actually, <laughs> I don't even know she inspired yeah. it. I don't. I don't know if she knows that she inspired it. But when we were younger, my mom used to. Um, uh, she used to do this thing. Do you remember back in the day when the, the internet used to be in the wire and like you take it out from the internet? To yeah, the yeah, film?
1: yeah. But well, it was like, like it two... was a weird thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a dial up, yeah. the dial
0: up connection that's what it was. Yeah, so my mom my mom thought she was slick. So, what she used to do is when we were younger, we'd be upstairs and everybody would be like on something, like on I can't even remember, yeah. like we'd be or the PC or something, anyways. So, my mom would be calling our names, yeah, downstairs, she'd be, like. So and so and so and so she'd say someone's name, no one's coming downstairs. So my mom Uh-oh. unplugged the whole the whole router, right? And then she'd sit back yeah. down on her sofa with her, yeah. like whatever she was doing, and act oblivious. Okay.
1: Yeah, and be like someone What's going is on?
0: eventually gonna come downstairs to fix it, right? So whoever comes downstairs, she'd be like,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, your dad? Oh yeah, she'd be like, Oh, you're downstairs? <laughs> Can you make me a cup of tea? Can you like whatever she wanted to be done so that you'd have to do it. When my brother, my younger brother yeah. figured it out, he was like, rah, she's been playing us. She's <laughs> been unplugging the whole thing. Like, he saw her do it. So, like, that yeah. that always kind of stuck to me. Like, my mom had yeah. to literally unplug for us to listen. So, when I was thinking about the name, I was like, yeah, I think I think I kind of want to have that. But essentially, it's a set of programs that I create for families, for institutions, for schools, um, to create, like... Digital wellness, that's my always my biggest goal. But also ideas, because people will be like, okay, cool, we'll we'll take yeah. the devices away, but now what do we do? Now what should we give them? Um, I have some programs at the kids' clubs in hotels. Um, so I, essentially what I do is I go to hotels, and they've got like TVs and games, but parents have paid all this money to fly to this part of the world for mm-hmm. the kids yeah. to be on the beach, but they're not on the beach. And so what I've done is I've gone into these hotels, and I said, listen, mm-hmm. I'll give you like a program, train your staff. Yeah. All you have to do is get rid of your TVs and stuff. And so that's what they've done. Um so the Unplugged mm. Initiative programs are also hotels. Um so yeah, I mean yeah, sure so far it's it's been going good. I do have um the nanny training programs as well so I yeah. work with um a lot of the nannies that are with the young kids. And um I do also have a show yeah. on YouTube called The Kids Unplug Show which is essentially like (laughs) the red table talk, but it's a white table where young people come on and they talk to me about their experiences with devices. And we kind of hear what they think about it. So the Kids and Plug show is is something I'm I'm proud of and we're we're shooting season two now. And so it's going well. So I'm excited. I mean, inshallah, the next five, 10 years, I really really want it to be something that is um, more recognized in homes. I want families yeah. to be like, oh, it's unplugged time.
1: Yes, we'll let's do this yes, together, yeah. and let's all, yeah,
0: you know, inshallah, like it's a movement. and I hope, yeah, I can. And the amazing
1: thing is well in the book, which is yeah. why again I re- recommend everyone That's to try good. and get is that you have, um, like actual idea, like you give people ideas and like things that they can do, and like practical steps to doing them at the end of the book to like actually. It's not just like this is what you guys should do, and then just leaving them to it. You actually give them like things, like for example, going outside, going to different places, having like puzzles and stuff like that to do with the kids, which is, which is really helpful and would yeah. definitely help a lot of kids. Yeah, but I want to say thank you very much for for coming on. Fortunately, we have run out of time, Absolutely. which felt like you know it went very quick. Um, but not, honestly, for me, this has been really, really insightful um and i think it's insightful not even like just for myself really and actually understanding just how much tech has can have a detriment as well as well as all the positives that it comes with um but like on me as an adult so i can only imagine how it'd be for the kids in their growing up phase Mm -hmm. so i want to thank you personally for highlighting that issue and um in a bite-sized way like you said that was easy for me to digest and to read um and yeah so yeah again thank thank you very much for for doing the work that you do and for coming on as well
0: no honestly thank you so much for having me this has been fun um I normally have to talk to like parents and kids and stuff so but, but talking on this platform and to your listeners I think um I appreciate that. And inshallah. Yeah, you know, no, whenever 100%. y'all want to come to clubby,
1: do. Yeah. And we'll definitely me, have you on again, you know, inshallah, inshallah, in the, in the future. Um, so, everyone, make sure you guys check out anisa's Instagram. I'll put it on the links, I'll put it everywhere. Um, incredible person, incredible talent. And uh, we're happy to have you on. So, again, thank you very much for coming on. And I uh, will see you guys in the next one.
0: Thank you.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to the Paper Charles podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review, comment, like, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us on all our socials.
0: Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work.